Hello and welcome to Chatsuke Podcast, where we break down and review a movie of my choosing and, yeah, just try to have a bit of fun. I'm your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes. Hi, I'm Hayden, and we're watching The Avengers by Joss Whedon. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, Hayden. How the mighty have fallen. The Avengers by Zack Snyder. This is exactly why I'm one day I'll be okay. taking over your position as CEO of Fatal Era Studios. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm going down, I'm taking James down with me. James will go down by himself, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I love him. He, he went down like years before us. <laughs> so I don't think we really have to do anything there. I think we just let him uh, say his piece and he's gone. We'll just visit him in prison. Yeah, fine. that's fine. Anyway, uh, today we're discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League, released in 2021. Wait, is this our, is that the like, most recent movie we've ever covered? I mean, technically, yeah. Wow. Footy white, footage wise, no, but uh, right, actual released, yeah. Wow. Wow. Anyway, uh, obviously, this came four years after the failed. Oh, I don't know. I'm doing the uh, the air quotation because it did fail. <laughs> Uh, theatrical the version. Well, then again, it it still made a lot of money, but then it, obviously budget wise and all the reshoots, that like, obviously technically made it fail. So yeah, and it was shit. down. Yeah, but yeah, uh, and obviously this version was released direct to HBO after a long fought campaign from the fans to hashtag release the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, this four hour movie saw the return of Zack Snyder, who was allowed to finish what he started back in 2017 before obviously tragedy happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, before then, Redacted took over and basically fucked everything up. And uh, we covered, obviously, two of Zack's other works, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Man Ultimate Edition, last month. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I'll pretty much name like, all his films. I've just got two last films that he directed to name. And those are 300, which is the adaption of the graphic novel that came out in 2006. And yeah. Watchmen. Released three years later in 2009, which is a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. And now we've covered everything Zack Snyder's ever done. So if you ever mention Zack Snyder again, we basically have nothing to talk about that he's done. <laughs> this film. Good point. Good point. Good point. But yeah, finally, after, as I say, fucking four years, and it, gladly they released it now, or else we would have had to cover that. Dreadful theatrical version. The shit version, and it would have been, like, quite low. But luckily, they fucking, uh, you know, whew, released it just in time for us to cover it on the mm-hmm. podcast. Get in there. Almost Sorry. like you timed it perfectly. That I, di- it I was, didn't. I, was, like, I, di- I personally was didn't. This was, like, all mapped out last year, way before they fucking even announced uh, mm. the Snyder Cut, I'm pretty certain. So you just timed it. It was I, timed perfect. Yes, it was. Very much. And if you can't tell, uh, some of us very much like this movie for the fact that I'm cor- currently wearing merch related to it. I do have a yeah, t-shirt I'll... underneath, but it's uh, too cold to wear it. I've got, uh, I've, got I've, I've got a, a Marvel t-shirt on. Wait, it's a jammer, but still. I don't have I don't have much DC apart from Harley Quinn. Oh, Hayden. Uh... Even though I cracked out a lot of stuff for this. I got the Funko set, I got the Batarang, I've got a fucking Aquaman Trident, which is going to be staying there for the next uh, week as well. I've got a Lego Supergirl toy on my keyring. Close enough. 
Let's do this. And uh, so let's give some early thoughts on this movie without giving a rating. And how do I start this? Because this movie, obviously, the trailers look really good. For it. it spoiled a bit too much in the trailers at times, but it looked really good. Mm-hmm. And obviously, heading into it, obviously, I think deep down, what if this is just as bad as that version? You're just like, could these basically four years be basically for jack shit? Mm. But after watching it now twice, or also twice, um, <clears throat> those bad feelings quit the window because this film, in my opinion, is a masterpiece. And it's helped very much by that fucking, the, how it's obviously filmed, the frames. Obviously, it's not a uh, full screen, is it? Nah, it's uh, four by three or something like that. Yes, I believe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That helps it in my eyes look even better. Obviously... It separates it from the shit version, but also it's like it's more stylized, and it kind of it just seems to work. Yeah, that makes it look really old timey, which is mm. humorous because obviously this was the version that most of it originally made before that theatrical one was released. So it's you know older than that. What this is so confusing. I mean, but it's pretty much just. Him trying to show, like, even with a limitation, you could do better than... Redacted. Old old racist boy. Redacted, who basically used some of his footage and just cut around the rest of it with new reshoots with a CGI moustache that looked dreadful. Yeah. <sighs> it's funny, because obviously over time, watching that uh, 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 that version, my, my thoughts have just gone down and down and down and down. And when this yeah. came out, it went down even more. <laughs> I remember me going, like... I, it was pretty shit, to be honest. All the CG was awful. It was rushed. It was basically a deblatant, like, money grab trying to, like, copy Marvel. And you're like, oh, I can see some good stuff in it. And now you're like, yeah, it was shit. <laughs> it was dog shit. I, th- I think literally, like, the, the original version, like I said, it was obviously rushed and the tone was designed to basically copy Marvel. Whereas this one, it sticks with, like, that original theme theme they had before that dark and they all like i said before they chose specific characters to be the comic relief but kept batman out of that like one and even technically even like wonder woman wasn't as comic color like it was just people around that was being yeah like alfred don't put that in it don't put that in it. too much of that ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah you know i'll do some myself here you go love <laughs> um, like they basically like they chose alfred and obviously um flash, flash and a, a bit of arthur he had a bit yeah he had a few uh War, Warboy had a few bits it's next but week he kept... has a, a full whack of uh jokes yeah and that but they kept cyborg and obviously batman and one of them on the more serious tone even superman really well, it did come in. It's like laser beam someone's fucking horn off. So you know, yeah, that's very were... serious. I like it because obviously Superman as is a bit more not quite Superman. Yeah, and I like that because obviously when we was watching it yesterday, you mentioned the fact that you felt this version of Superman deserved to appear in the yeah. movie because you felt the 2017 version. It just felt like they're like, oh yeah, you know, let's just get Superman. Let's have the Justice League. Yeah, there's this version. Yeah. So it builds up to the point, and he's like, okay, maybe we do need Superman. Bring him mm-hmm. out, and he's like, okay, this is a bit more worthy mm-hmm. of him being present in this movie than he did before. Yeah. 
and you can also feel the consequences of them using him. That's what I like as well, because obviously in the other one, he felt like, oh, he they had that bit of the fight, but he's back to normal now. Whereas in that one, he was a lot more violent, and it seemed more like, is that really him? Like it's him, but it's fully him. Exactly. There's a hint of something else, and obviously that helps to tease the whole him becoming evil in the nightmares. Yeah. Whereas the other version. It, if he just turned evil, it would have been like, how the fuck, where'd that come from? There was no like clear way of that happening. Exactly. And if you think about it as well, obviously, uh, this version as well ha- actually had a full-on fucking reason to bring him back. Not just for the fact that, oh, he's Superman, we need him. This version had yeah. the whole reason of, they were actually scared of him. That's why it was all dormant until he died. That's why nothing really kicked off until he died. Yeah. So that's why we need him is because they actually fear him. Yeah, he's strong and he can beat the crap out of him if he wants to, just like the obviously in the theatrical version. But this version yeah. points out the fact that they all feared him. Mm-hmm. And also, Steppenwolf actually seemed to be a threat. In yeah. The film. Whereas, obviously, in the original one, he looked like a basically a joke and very generic. He, he didn't seem very strong. He just felt like, well, they couldn't have easily defeated him. Exactly. Without Superman. And they were just writing it to make it seem like it, they can't. Exactly. Mm. 20% In this one as well, there's no arguing over, we can't bring back Superman. It's more of, we'll do it. Some are a bit wary. Yeah, Arthur specifically is the one that's like, we sure about this? And even obviously when it's happening, it's like, be positive. He's the only one that's really wary about doing this because obviously he's you... not stopping them. Yeah, he he's not stopping them because he knows no matter what they're going to do it anyway. There's no point mm. arguing a case that's dead. Mm-mm. Unlike Superman, who's not dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or is he? Ooh. Ooh. No, he's not. If you look on the posters, it's all over the posters. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Looking> everywhere. <laughs> I mean, literally, they. It is, it, even like little bits like that that they've changed just make the film better. Like they extend some scenes and some scenes that were cut out from the original, the crap version make more sense not being cut out. They work with the narrative better. They help characterize these other characters. Because obviously, the biggest complaint was Cyborg was underused. And let's be honest, we now know why. Yep. Definitely that person, that uh, redacted director, chose to underuse the only main black character. I wonder why. And he also cut out the other black character in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, basically. If you think about it, in this movie, Cyborg is really a really great character. He's one of the standout ones that's come into it. Mm. And I really enjoyed his arc that you get to see of him. Uh, to be honest, there's not really that much I can say that I hate about this film. Is obviously we'll get to it in the, the special effects. That one moment, which yeah. I said, a bit dicey. But other than that, it's a solid movie. It's a lot better than that one, and for me, it can compete with the big dogs. Yeah, but I think I'm going to be honest here. This is my genuine. I think this is better than the original, the original Avengers film. I I would agree. No, I, I, I love... say I say it's better than the first two. Yeah. I love the original Avengers film because of Loki, but I'd say it's up there with the the last two. They characterise every single character. 
Yeah. They have an arc. In the Avengers, obviously, the, or, or, most of them had their own films, except for Widow and Hawkeye. Hawkeye is pretty much a, bad, a fake bad guy for the entire film until near the end. And there's not really much characterization of him. And so even when he appeared, we got loads more in Edge of Ultron. But the first one, he's more of a side, like back character, and then he becomes a main focus at the end, and it just comes out of nowhere. And obviously, Widow we we saw in has a lot more in all the other films, and she works because we've seen her in in Iron Man. Oh, if you think about it, sort of fucking Hawkeye, he only got like a ten minute appearance in four, if that. Yeah. And then you get too much there of them to show off his face and go, oh, yeah, this guy's in this universe. Did you know that? I mean, Nick Fury had more fucking, like, story, like, more characterization than fucking Hawkeye. So, uh, that's why I like with this, because obviously they knew going into this, they weren't going to do as much build up like uh, the I MCU mean, movies. Yeah. So obviously, as you say with the MCU, they built up, they did Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Four, they built up to the Avengers. They built up these characters, whereas this universe has only done Man of Steel, BVS, and Wonder Woman. Suicide Squad not fully counted because only one character appears from that movie in this, so that's not fully counted. But those, there's only like three movies, and there's obviously three more characters that haven't made an appearance apart from Cameo was in Suicide Squad and mm. like the footage in BVS. So they knew they had to get this right. And for the fact that they gave, as you say, they gave each character their own little arc to tell, especially Cyborg. Cyborg got most of the fucking arc entirely. Yeah. Flash got enough to let you know who he was, even though they still have yet to mention his name as the Flash, which is mm. obviously I'm assuming that his movie is gonna be the first time they acknowledge him as the Flash. But mm. uh, even as I say, even Aquaman, he has that little enough arc to basically give you a little taste before. Obviously, he gets his solo adventure as well. Obviously, technically speaking, it was years before this movie came out but also years mm. oh it's so confusing but you get my point i get you so confusing mm. timeline it's as bad as the fucking yeah. air fox's fucking timelines jesus yeah. um nothing's that bad my, mind, my <laughs> mind's just going to overdrive right now trying to think i'm so happy i got enough sleep during fucking last night whereas my mind would just the shit down not even going to overdrive he's going no oh yeah that's right it's like the normal like DC films, like a lot of them are good, but not always like perfect. Like one yeah, of them there's was, always like, a slight few issues. Hosted, yeah, exactly. This is now the probably the best one they've done. Yeah. So if it if this was released as the original, like this this one was the one we saw, they probably would have had a lot more like more be able to go more toe to toe with Marvel than they ever would have been able to. The closest. The thing is, though, I feel like those four years have helped this movie because obviously he's mm-hmm. added more scenes into it through reshoots that he wasn't meant yeah. to do, but he did anyway because he was like, fuck you, I'm doing it anyway. I feel like those four years have helped him add mm-hmm. more ideas into this and update it a lot. So even if like they kept his vision, I think it still would have been very similar. Yeah. So and if they, they had rushed it, like, oh, we're rushing it, we're trying to get it through. It wouldn't have been as awful as it was. It would have been as good as this one is. So, because I think the only thing, the major reshoot he did was the night, adding a nightmare sequence at the end. That was the major yeah. reshoot. So, obviously, this would have, obviously, this flowed straight out of that completely. Yeah. So, that wouldn't have been too bad, unless he technically might have had that in mind. You know, pardon me, you never, you never know. He might have had it in mind already. And obviously, he just hadn't got yeah. around to shoot 
who knows? But yeah, obviously, for me, up to this movie coming out, I was more of an Aquaman movie kind of guy because that was a really solid adaption. Mm-hmm. But I like Wonder Woman. Yeah, but coming because... into this and watching this, it, it just changes my my scaling altogether. Yeah. And it's like, whew, this movie from I say, as you said, it beats Avengers Assemble for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say it beats the first two in general. Uh, but I I do believe this could go toe to toe with the f- third and fourth movie. The fact that obviously it's got nostalgia in there with obviously the Martian Manhunter appearing, Green Lantern yeah. appearing. It's got, I said, the massive character arcs telling their own stories and whatnot. Given basically for a, for a fucking superhero movie like team up, giving one character this massive like story in there is really well done with Cyborg. And obviously, it's just got everything you need. I don't want to go into too many details because we're going to go through them when we do it bit by bit, but. I feel like it can go like toe to toe. It's it's like it's like uh putting uh, Mike Tyson in his prime versus uh Anthony Joshua. <laughs> you know, sports joke. Ha ha ha. Hayden doesn't get it. Get it. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um it's it's like putting um Skyrim on launch against um um I don't know what else do you like. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Okay. Well, you could say Valhalla because basically the same game, but <laughs> I went with Odyssey because you played it more. That's true. That's why I picked that one. But you get, you get, you get the point I'm going. Speaking at. of Odyssey, there's a lot of that in here. <laughs> <laughs> you get the point I'm going at. I feel like yeah, I'm giving right. up about early fours here. Mm-hmm. Because whew, we've got a lot of early fours, and we've got a lot of later fours as well. Almost like it's a really fucking long film. Yeah, that's the thing as well. I feel like... Because if you look at the runtime, I mean, I spoke to many people and I've been like, oh, it's like four hours long. A lot of people are like, fuck off. I, I ain't sitting through that. That's way too mm. long. But I feel like it doesn't feel too long. It's, nah. It feels I mean, just right. It's getting like, enough of we've, like, watched, we've watched like Endgame in the cinema. Yeah, which is three hours long. And, and we didn't like... That was fine. So it was just a bit extra. Exactly. And I've seen Watchmen, which I believe was three and a half. Yeah. So obviously it's because of the half hour extra, because technically obviously this is now the longest ever superhero mm. comic book adaption ever. So I do like, I do think it gets, it has enough time to, that's what, that's probably, that's probably so good. It's got enough time to get everything in and yeah. not feel like it's crammed in there and rushed. Mm-hmm. It's like with like, with Endgame, like they had so many characters, like they didn't really need to focus on all these other ca- like on the storylines because let's be honest, they already have. These like this is the closing of a chapter. Exactly. Like, this is more of the opening. This is the start of proper Justice League with little hints of what Don't could think, like, no. the end. Yeah, the little hints of what could what could be the ending of it. It feels so right to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then we're breaking free from the early thoughts. And we're moving into the opening sequence, which obviously is Superman's death cry awakening the mother boxes. And we both, obviously, when we were watching this, you straight up went, Wow, this is a really good opening sequence. I mean, come on, what we got to compare it to, though? <laughs> oh, Mustache Boy. Well, yeah, obviously, compared to that, but I mean, obviously. Yeah. It's for any kind of opening. Yeah. 
because obviously they did that, that sort of blur at times. So you like focused a lot on the lighting. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. when it kicks off, you don't see Superman straight. Focus on the back of like uh, Doomsday, and it's all like yeah, blurred and light, bright, and everything. And then obviously it pans around to Superman, obviously showing off the ending of BBS, but obviously slightly changed to obviously get the angles different and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And obviously we get to see all the other, like the other characters like react to this. Obviously, you get to see Lois's face at this, you get Batman's face at this, Wonder Woman's face at this. And obviously, then he starts to scream, doesn't he? He starts Mm. yelling in pain. That massive shockwave of sound spreading across everywhere towards fucking Atlantis, Themyscira, that really dodgy green screen of Lex Luthor. Um, It just spreads everywhere. And obviously, it causes all the mother boxes to awaken because they've all Mm. been dormant. They've all been on the earth for fucking decades and centuries, but they've all been quiet until this moment. Mm. And because him now being dead... They've all awoken because they've all heard his cry. And not just the mother box. So I feel like everyone's heard this cry because everyone turns to look in the yeah. direction with the sound. And I feel like the scene itself is shot so perfectly with the sound going. It looks so good. Mm, it's brilliant. I mean, the whole thing, the thing about it is what makes it so brilliant as well is that it's basically, it's all like hinting at the fact that the reason why they haven't like come for, come for the boxes before, or they haven't opened, is because of him being there. It hints at that, that they were waiting for the specific moment he died. Yeah, it's brilliant. Obviously, it's like the. Pre- it's not. I don't think it's just him though. I think it's like the presence of of obviously uh, super beings like him across time. Because obviously, if you think about it, he only came to Earth fucking how long ago. So obviously, yeah. the boxes have been there for a while. So I'm assuming there's been other guardians over time. So obviously... Remember though, it they, it got opened. It got opened when they made Cyborg. I think that awakened it slightly, but none of them fully awoke because they sensed he was there. Yeah, obviously it woke up after all these decades because obviously they always say Cyborg fucking he was woken up to uh, reawaken him. But as you say, then it felt that he was there, so it's like, oh fuck this shit! Yeah. I ain't opening. It alerted all of the, the other three cues to not awake. And basically, it forced itself to shut down. Exactly. And it wouldn't open again until the very moment he gone. Yeah, until obviously the cries are heard by all boxes, and they're all like, "Oh, our time to shine." So if Cyborg never existed, I don't think that they would have awoke awakened. Nah, that, that, that's a good point there. Because mm. obviously, he woke and he got the box out of a uh, storage, didn't he, just to save his son? So that. that eh. And again, I feel like if he did die, I still think they might have woke up. I feel like they might have still woken up. Obviously, mm. that maybe that gave it the little push. Look, I think my my personal theory is that they obviously were both all three of them were fully shut down, but when the one awoken, it awoken them, but all three, but they all they all sensed that danger and wouldn't send out their location. You know what I mean? Okay, what you're but saying. we'll never know. We'll yeah. never know unless uh, Snyder starts saying, "Oh yeah, no, no, it's that way." I get, I get what you're saying. But yeah, mm. that's, that's the one thing I do love about the DC movies. They always seem to like try and one up each other in terms of like the opening sequences. Mm. Obviously, Man of Steel had the Krypton destruction, which made total sense for this universe starting with that. Obviously, BVS had the Wayne's murder, which made total sense as well because you got to see Krypton. Krypton's destruction, so you need to see his origins. Obviously, mm. Wonder Woman opened with 
Uh, I did last week. What's my fucking my mind? Uh, my mind's gone. Uh, my mind's just too attached to this movie. I just can't fucking think at the moment. How did Wonder Woman open again? Uh, it was her going into that warehouse and just find the picture and then remembering about her. Time that was it. Yeah, it was when she was younger. Yeah. Yeah. So that made obviously that made sense. It obviously wasn't this like star spangled intro as the others, but it made sense for her character. And just to remind mm-hmm. you, she was in BVS. And obviously Suicide yeah, Squad okay. opened with the uh, roll call. So they always try yeah. and like, do some really funky ass intros. And even after this, they still carried on these funky ass uh, intros. Obviously the ones we cover over the next few weeks. Those also have these really like, ooh, and that's nice. Oh yeah, oh, I get that. Lovely. But obviously when we did BVS, I was like, I really love Beautiful Eyes, that whole sequence. But mm. I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards this now because though yeah. that was from a like, cinematically, musically, it looked fucking outstanding. And obviously it's be- be- the best way to show the way Murder about actually fucking going into full detail as the others fucking did. Mm. I do like this because it recaps Superman's death and obviously also that fucking the same traveling and that across all the, that was really fucking, oh. It plus, pretty much just tells you all you need to know. Plus it showed off all the characters. So, uh, obviously Cyborg heard it. Obviously, Redacted heard it underwater. Um, obviously, the, uh, Amazon's heard it. It showed you more hearing it. Obviously, even fucking Lex Luthor heard it. It showed you more hearing it. So, I, I like, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm. And the only like hit, the only thing that makes it bad is Lex Luthor. Yeah, but I think Lex Luthor makes it bad. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'll move on then to the cast and characters. So I'm only going to focus mainly on the Justice League. I'll name, I'll, I'm going to try and name drop as many other characters as I can, but we're going to mainly focus on their performances more than anything. Mm. So we'll kick it off, obviously, with uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, played by Ben Affleck again, and he was in the movie The Accountant. And obviously in the theatrical version, they made him too co- uh, comedic, which made no sense yeah. coming from BBS, where he was just serious. I'm going to kill you, Superman. Martha. We talked, oh, we God. talked a lot about this during the Batman vs. Superman, didn't we? Yeah. About how like the theme's unexpected. Whereas exactly. This version, his theme, the way they've done him is more in line with the character. Exactly. Though he does go a bit lighter at times, that makes sense for yeah. how he reacted to Superman's death. Yeah. But he still has like, that. Having, you see, he's more having hope. He's more hopeful. Yeah. But he's still got that like dark, dark spark inside origin. him. Exactly. And I, I think Ben Affleck does another fucking mighty good job. I really want to see the Batfleck solo film with him fighting Deathstroke. I really want to see that movie. Yeah. I fucking hope they fucking do it now. Because he, he deserves a solo shot, like a full-on focused on him. Because obviously these last two, they've, they've had like a, enough time to focus on him. It's always mainly focused on multiple characters rather than just him. And I really want to see a full-on focus on him. Batman of this Snyderverse because Ben Definitely. Affleck is outstanding again. I mean, I, I personally think like these, obviously, one they should keep on the Spider, the, the Snyderverse. They should keep on having him do this like world he create. He's set up instead of like going, oh no, we're not going to continue with him. We're going to do our own vision because he's shown that. A DC like f- films can actually work. Exactly. It's, mm, I think it's, like, it's the only it's the only thing that impacts this film for me is 
like that worry of I don't think we'll get anything like this again. Exactly. Because it, I think the closest we'll get is the new the new Suicide Squad. I think that's the closest we'll get to like an outstanding DC film. I feel like that the Flash might be. It depends how they yeah. do it. It's, on paper, it's, it's, on paper, it sounds like it could be something, mm. but I see. I know. I get what you're saying. Yeah, like if they don't let Snyder help on it, or at least have some kind of impact from the films, it might be like bad. We've proven this already with Wonder Woman. Snyder helped with the first one, and it was brilliant. However, it didn't help with the second one, and that was dog shit. So. I get, you know. I get, I get what you're saying. See, I don't yeah. mind them like doing this other universe as well, but I feel like they could. I said to you when watching, they could easily still do these multiverse ones. Yeah. They could easily still do Snyder's one. Yeah, okay, change the Flash how he is in this in his own movie, and that can be part of this other fucking universe, but it's not connected into this Snyderverse. Like, you, it doesn't matter if you have the same person playing two different versions of Flash. That's fine. Just go with it. Yeah, I don't mind it's- as long as we keep this story going until Justice League 3, which is obviously would have been the end point. I mean, we've already got the CW-like ones. I mean, has that changed anything with the films? Not really. No. Then, then again, like, no, one, no one's like, oh, we've already got a Flash here. I'm not going to watch a Flash film. I mean, Marvel have had, had two fucking Quicksilvers. Exactly. Was anyone complaining? Not really. No, Marvel have had like separated like universes for ages. It's just there's nothing stopping them from doing that. Exactly. So that's the only thing that pissed me off by the films early on. A lot of times, if they brought characters into the fucking films that mm. were in the TV shows, they literally would drop them from the TV shows. That yeah, uh, like Deathstroke and Arrow. He went out of it because they brought Deathstroke in for a little cameo in Justice League. That's literally like mm. one of the reasons they fucked him off and didn't bother bringing him back. And even Superman. They weren't bothering to bring him in Supergirl because of him being yeah. in the movies. But then they brought him in anyway, and now he's got his own TV season. Yeah. So... And it's not like made Henry Cavill Superman worse. Exactly. What made that worse was, uh, you know, cough, cough, 2017, cough, 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 yeah, cough, cough, cough. What, the only way they can ruin the DC film is not having Snyder in. It's the main thing. Like, it, it hasn't got to be the director for everything. Think like like Mar- He can be like Marvel's Feige. He can just be the one coming up with the like the main, whole universe. Like he's one like saying how things have got kind of got to be, but giving other people some kind of like freedom to what they want that that specific film to be like. I mean, that, okay, okay, Marvel has done really like can, who would have thought Tika Wahidi would make an amazing four films, but he he did. And it's not just probably get the back going, oh no, you've got to have it like this. Oh no, like, it's too oh, you dark. in your own way. Yeah. Oh, these, these but make are, these sure it lines up with this. Yeah. Or that... it's too much of a comedy film. I don't want a comedy film having a full superhero film. I mean. Okay, I get what you're saying. They've all got the freedom to change the tones how they want, but it still would be like in long universe and keeping characters consistent. Or at least some, some, if there is a change. Showing why there's a change. I get what you're saying. Um, whereas, obviously, what they've done, like the original Justice League shit cut, was 
awful. And they had no reason for why character just suddenly changed tone. And exactly. I think he needs to be at least involved with other films to at, at least able to keep certain things consistent. Yeah, that's literally probably the only reason they're fucking bothering with the Flash film, so they can fucking just retcon all this and they can move away from a lot of it. Which is going to be a shame. Anyway, we'll mm. move on then to our next character, which is obviously Diana, Wonder Woman, played by again Gal Gadot, who obviously we saw last week in Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah. She's uh, going to be in the new Netflix movie, Red Notice, which is starring The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. What a mix. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, again, she brings that same charm she brought in the last two uh, appearances of this character she brings that new charm she got from the wonder woman movie but also the same serious charm she had in bvs which mashes well yeah and she's still seeing very badass exactly <laughs> she's very badass fucking, and sympathetic uh, at times look better in this fucking film <laughs> <laughs> and yes. saying agreed massively agreed there but, there's a the thing because i've seen the uh, theatrical cut again she's another character they tried to use for the comic relief moments and a lot of times she refused to do a lot of the stuff like the whole mm. flash falling on her chest scene um yeah saying i read somewhere she refused to do it so they obviously they have to shoot around that entirely and you can see why because the film was a bag of shit but um yeah in this one i have no issues with that i think she's amazing again mm. I, I literally cannot see anyone else as wonder woman but gal gadot yeah She's perfect. I mean, like, she, all the other, like, cheesy ones seem to be very, very cartoony and very, yeah, we're supposed to be an Amazonian character, but look at me, I'm all American. Whereas this one, it, she feels like she is a, like, like a demigod, like she's from, a, not from this earth, just blending in. Exactly. It's more like the cartoon, like the, um, the Justice League cartoon, Wonder yeah. Woman, and like the Young Justice one, that that sort of more dark action-packed version, instead of cheesy, spinning around, changing clothes. Obviously, I mean, very exposed, cheesy kind of Wonder Woman's of the old classic days. Exactly. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, as we know, a lot of the old superhero films are very were very cheesy, weren't they? That's the whole point. Those fucking eighties and nineties yeah. for you. They chose about the cheesiest of cheese. Yeah, and obviously, like X Men, Spider Man proves that they have to be cheesy, and I think helped pay for like Dark Knight, which helped which gave DC that dark tone that it needed. I think. Makes these film possible, and then the shit Justice League ruined that. But this one proves this one proves that it, it can work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay, so moving on to the next <laughs> character then, uh, which is obviously one of the, the newer characters that we got a, a brief shot of it in BBS, and that is Arthur Curry, Aquaman, mm-hmm. played by Jason Momoa, who was in Game of Thrones, which is obviously where he made his name. And ah. he was the one standout for me within the theatrical cut was him. He's Aquaman. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to him in this. In that one, he was still the standout for me of the entirety of the film. Mm. And obviously, he went on to do his solo movie, which he was excellent in again. But this mm. version of him, 
Poof. It, it just it has that obviously the lightness at times like when he's like trying to crack a few wisecracks obviously when barry's changing hats he's like yeah. let me see number one again there's those few wisecracks but he still has that overall seriousness to him like when you first see him at the uh that little village and he's just like oh piss off bruce and he's like all right i'll pay money yeah. and they're like oh fuck off and he just lifts him up and whatnot he still shows that serious tone within him and it, it not just obviously him in general but obviously his character uh, obviously, a lot of people within this region that you see him in early on it, respect him for what he does, like helping them out, which we never really got to see within the first one, the theatrical version. Obviously, they mention the fact that this guy comes in, brings fish and whatnot, but it's never really yeah. shown how much they full-on respect him like they do in this version, because obviously that woman and that group of people start singing a song about him before, you know, picking up his jumper and start sniffing it, because... <laughs> You know, it's uh, Jason Momoa. It's <laughs> you, you got to have a quick, quick cheeky sniff. Who knows? That play wasn't even the script. Probably just thought, fuck it. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them, really. You wouldn't put it past anyone. Could anyone could have probably done it the same? Hold on. Is it, do, you reckon he touch, do you reckon he touched his trident, I own? Uh, <laughs> probably. I mean, let's be honest. Woo! I bet you, uh, <laughs> I bet you like, uh, Lois Lane stole. The reason why um, Superman never used his uh, original costume, the blue one, is because she kept it for herself. He's been using it. <laughs> Henry Cavill. <laughs> like, if if you have Henry Cavill or Jason Momoa, you've got to like have them either shirtless and steal their stuff. It's just how exactly. it works. But plus, though, I do like eventually the costume he gets at the end of the Aquaman movie. I do like this more darker, sleek and like metal armor yeah. he has. It's obviously a lot different to the classic sort of suit which obviously they then updated with this armor within the seat obviously his own movie but this one we got here which i'll get the bottle head from behind me uh, no that's not the flash off oh uh can he go back in time and uh pick himself back up uh but yeah, that, that whole sleekness he's obviously they kept the sort of the, the tone into the green like he's obviously old armor but obviously they went with gold rather than the orange and it just works so well for me the armor it yeah. looks stunning I'm going to try and pick the flash up now. Because obviously, they can't really go with the, like, his, like, comic accurate armour because that was laughable and was dog shit. But, obviously, they want it to be more serious, but they're going to make the armour look realistic and serious. Like they did with, like, Wonder Woman's armour. It's more of, like, a rustic, like, it looked like actual armour instead of being basically a red, white, and blue bikini. Exactly. They basically made it more battle-worthy, and it yeah. works. Pretty works. And obviously, moving on to our next uh, new character, yeah. we obviously have uh, Barry Allen, The Flash, played by Ezra Miller, who we obviously saw in the Suicide Squad little cameo, and also the footage within BVS and the Nightmare yeah. moment. Uh, obviously, he was also in uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is obviously the big franchise he's doing and yeah. that's where he was shooting his re- the, the nightmare sequence at the end that's where he shot the reshoot scenes yeah where obviously because he was filming the new one the third one and they're like oh yeah we can't fly you back from london to america and obviously because of covid and obviously they can't fly from america to london again because of covid they're fucking obviously the ones who make fantastic beast had to shoot it for uh zach snyder like uh the flashes like when he's on screen like the the face and all that, because obviously I don't think he was in the armour, I think it was more just the face, they had it to the armour, and 
obviously they had them on fucking like uh, FaceTime, fucking or something. They had basically a Zoom, a Zoom call or something. Zach Snyder, and he was there watching. He had to basically tell them where to stand and where to point the. Ca- He's had to do that, so he had to shoot the flash, like, that oh, nightmare yeah. moment. But I mean, obviously, Barry in the other version, obviously, he went way too comical at times. Like, some of the stuff he was doing wasn't like the greatest. And obviously, then they did the whole fucking thing when he falls on Wonder Woman's chest, which was a straight up rip off from Age of Ultron. Um, yeah. But, so he wasn't like. So I remember saying to you, I wasn't a big fan of the flash, obviously, because I've been growing up around fucking Grant Gustin's. Mm. Flash yeah. and obviously the animated Flash from uh, the Justice League movies they've been doing recently, which obviously is coming to an end there. And obviously Wally Young Justice as well. Exactly. Obviously, I wasn't a big fan of this rendition of the Flash. I didn't really like Ezra Miller's Flash. I was, I thought it was shit. And though I obviously enjoyed the little cameo within a uh, uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earth CW event, I didn't mind that. I thought it was a nice little cameo. It was a nice little nod to, and he was good in Suicide Squad. Exactly, and obviously he was alright in that, but. Obviously, I really didn't like him after Justice League, but after watching mm. this, I really like Ezra Miller's Flash, and I can't wait to see the Flash movie. Yeah, because I, I, I did. I thought he was great. I was all right with him in the the shit version, but I definitely love him in this version. Because obviously, a, my, my favorite like DC superhero was the Flash, so it's definitely very, very good. I'm trying to stand him. Wow. I'm trying to stand my Funkos. My my mic. There you go. Oh, no, they're falling off. No, no, they fell off. Oh, no. I've got them. Uh, oh, shit, it's off camera. I've only got the top of the heads. That was a waste of time. But yeah, uh, I, I I, like the fucking the armour he has as well. Obviously, it's the same armour he had in that one. But um, yeah. I do really like his armour he, he has. Obviously, he's pointed out in the CW event when, obviously, Grant Gustin's Barry meets him. And he's like, oh, your armour looks really safe. Because it, obviously yeah. it's proper, it's proper, it's a proper like metallic armor, not like his one in the the CW Flash, which is obviously just like a, essentially like a sort of spandexy sort of type art. You get what I'm saying there? Yeah, it's not... obviously the Justice League one is more of it's like a spacesuit in a way. He's designed yeah. to deal with that. Whereas the one's more of a fire extinguisher, kind of like a firefighter's outfit, really. Exactly. And it was designed originally for firefighting. Exactly. And one, one's more for friction, and one's more for like, like heat, heat resistance. Exactly. I, I do find it funny though, because I was in the CW version, uh, when they meet. Obviously, he's like, oh, it, 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 it looks like it's so like keeps you safe, and then this time it gets shot twice. <laughs> not yeah, very, not very it, safe. <laughs> and it goes through. <laughs> so it's, it's not as if it's like full on like Batman style mm. armor that can keep him safe. It's more like. Yeah. Basically, Poundland style armor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks good, but we all know deep down it's from Poundland. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like, even he, the way he's characterized in the film is amazing. Yeah, it it, it reminds me a lot of like Tom Holland's um, Spider-Man in in um, Homecoming. Yeah, the moment where he's like underneath all the weight of the um, the building and he's crying. And I think it reminds me of that when he got shot. And he starts and crying. He, yeah, he's like holding it in, trying to. What go for the pain? It's amazing because obviously the whole but he's trying to like run faster, trying to run as fast as he can, and he's holding on to the energy that, that the charger built up. It was amazing, but the way he acted very well. Yeah, you can. Yeah, like he he definitely felt like some kid who got pushed into like 
fighting a big alien bad guy. Because <laughs> it, 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 it was a lot like, like Spider-Man in Civil War. He was just a, a street-level hero who got picked up by a big, rich billionaire. It was like, want to come fight a big guy? It's fun. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, we'll move on to our next character then. Oh, people can't guess from my footage who I've got in my hand right now. The next character is Victor Stone, aka Cyborg. He's played by Ray Fisher. And BVS was actually his first like major movie role. That one scene yeah. he had, and that was his first like movie. Obviously, this is his, just League. Obviously, was his first actual like full on most is in not the entire movie sort of role. But another thing he's been in recently was True Detective series three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you both obviously pointed out, the fact in the theatrical version, because of, you know, bigots and uh, racists, uh, he's pretty much yeah. cut down to like, this minuscule character that was used for the occasional wise like, joke every now and again. But this version, for me, is just amazing. I think Ray Fisher does a solid job bringing Cyborg to life. Because obviously, in terms of live action, the last live action Cyborg, can't me if I'm wrong here, was it, was, was it the Smallville one? Was that the last live action Cyborg we had? Yeah. I think we had one in Titans, didn't we? Obviously, there's one in Doom Patrol, but that came out after the theatrical yeah. version. I so. wouldn't have really, like. I watched, I watched Doom Patrol, but I, I think. I can't remember in Titans. So, like. I think Smallville would be the. Like. Previous one, yeah. So, so I, 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 I think it was Smallville. Then it was obviously his appearance in BVS and Justice League. Then I yeah. think it was Doom Patrol. Obviously, his reappearance in this movie. So obviously, in technical terms, yes and no. He's the obviously mm-hmm. Smallville one is, and obviously you, you get my point. I'm getting here, and obviously yeah. that that version had basically it wasn't. It didn't make it look like a full on cyborg, and even the Doom Patrol one at the times, it looked obviously they've gone for more of a I don't know how to say uh, they've gone for that. Metal. Yeah, it's like the metal on his face and whatnot. So it, it's obviously it basically looks like it's definitely from a TV show. Whereas this looks like yeah. it is straight up from a big budget blockbuster movie, and he looks really good. And as I say, Ray Fisher does a really good job of bringing Cyborg to life. He brings the heart to the, the machine because yeah. the, the moments of it when he's obviously complaining with, with his dad. That shows obviously this anger with inside him towards his dad. You know, daddy issues. We pointed out the fact that Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg all have daddy issues. So, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman's mommy issues. Um, obviously, he also has the the, the love in him as well when he does that uh, with the woman when he gives her all that money. It shows you that he has that love inside him as well. Mm. And even that little mutual respect later on when he gives that little nod to his dad when uh, he lets him buy. He's like, oh, it's a false alarm. It's fine. Uh, oh no, it's not false alarm. Actually, it is an actual alarm. Stay out. He has a little nod to him. So I really like these little features within this mm-hmm. cyborg, and I really would like them to carry on and give us more of uh, obviously his story because they were going to do a solo movie at some like, in their original time like slots they were going to do. Cyborg wasn't get was going to get a solo movie. That would be bit. I would like to see a cyborg solo movie with Ray Fisher at the head of it because. I've got to say, he's probably one of my favourite characters coming out of this movie. Definitely. I mean, like, in the original, like, shit cut, he, he was basically felt like a random robot that was there. He, just, he felt like, oh, just like, oh, look, here's a character cyborg. Look at it. No, just forget it exists. It's 
I mean, it wasn't that like outstanding. He was pretty much just a side character that wasn't really important. Exactly. Whereas in this version, it feels like a proper member of the team. Because after they realised, well, like Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg haven't had their original film. Well, obviously, technically, by now it had uh, had Aquaman at least. But you know, yeah. and Flash obviously time, next year. They had to have that time to characterise each one, to have a little bit of backstory in it. But not enough. Obviously, with the first, the other two, not like a major amount to. Because obviously they want to focus yeah. more on that within their own movies. Whereas Cyborg, if they didn't go ahead with that movie, obviously this is where his origin story is fully present, which is nice. Yeah. It works perfectly. Like, we at least know that, obviously, Ezra... Well, we know that Flash, obviously, is, is dancing down. So stuff that we've already kind of known. Yeah. Not many people would know much about Cyborg's origins. Because obviously... There's no TV series, there's no film that's been done. So they've got to at least address what how he exists, basically. So the only, the only, the only real animal. one that you could probably say would be Justice League War, the animated movie. That does yeah. have this sort of cyborg origin story within it. So that's probably the only time you're ever going to get this sort of full-on yeah. cyborg origin. But obviously this version, for live-action purposes, this is obviously the first time we're going to get this major cyborg side to the story which is beautifully told and beautifully shot and beautifully acted definitely he did he did really well exactly it it basically it it, it basically pulls a massive light into all of uh, Redacted's racist stuff because there was no reason for him to cut any of his stuff any of those scenes it was purely just because He's a prick. Yeah, basically. Not just yeah. him. Many other people, if you listen to some of the stuff he's been tweeting. I have not. I will tell you in a bit. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, fucking great character. Great active. We could keep going yeah. on, but obviously we're going to keep running out of time. Uh, so we'll move on to our last uh, Justice League member who we get eventually in this movie, which of course... I'm not going to pick him up because he's in the, the shit red suit. I like the black suit now. Uh, which is uh, Kal-El, Clark Kent, Superman, played by Henry Cavill again, who was in the movie Blood Creek, which is actually a very interesting uh, movie, which stars the uh, heat wave from fucking Legend of Tomorrow. It fucking stars mm. uh, Magneto from the X-Men movies. Michael Fassbender one. And it's directed by the uh, Joel Schumacher, who made the two shit Batman movies. <laughs> Ironic. It's a mash of like, superhero genres. <laughs> It's a good horror film, I will say that. But yeah, um, obviously we're both hands down always complaining about the theatrical versions version of Superman, so you know CGI oh, yeah. and whatnot. And it it kind of carried on the BVS style of Superman's not that great compared to when he was in Man of Steel. But we, I think we can both agree that this version brings yeah. Superman back to that level he was in Man of Steel, and probably ups it even more. Yeah, because it, it it comes back into technically a different character. Yeah. And I like that because, like, it it gives consequences to them bringing him back. Whereas, like, like the original one, it just felt like a cheat. Like, oh, look, we got Superman back now. See, we scared you, made him think he's dead, but he's he's fine. He's back now. We'll make more films of him. Look, a little funny race at the end. Haha, <laughs> funny, funny. Whereas, obviously, we know this one is there's something different. And it hints to a darker side to him 
that's really been there since General Son next snap. Exactly. It brings it more to light. Yeah. And makes that, that scene even more impactful. Like, impactful now, yeah. We know this is basically the start of what, of, um, what causes all of this. This is what caused Doomsday to happen, which causes him to die and then to bring him back, which will then cause the entire nightmare timeline. Exactly. That, that one single decision, which was so controversial when it came out, is actually basically the most important thing out of the entire franchise. Exactly. Pretty much, yeah. That there is the... It's basically the... Well, what what moment would you say that is? That's the um, the Yenskin, you say the, like the Yenskin in that moment of uh, him so keep, keeping Iron Man alive. Yeah. Causing the whole, basically, Avengers to exist, which causes, obviously, at the end, for them to defeat Thanos. It's that moment. Exactly. It feeds the entire franchise. Exactly. And, obviously, we we, we were not... Oh, we like Henry Cavill. We weren't a fan of obviously him in just sleep. We weren't a fan of how they wrote him at times. Have been BVS, but I think we can yeah. both say that we do like Henry Cavill's Superman once again. There. Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely made it a lot better. It's revived it, you know. And like I said, it feels deserving. Yeah, a deserving return for mm-hmm. the character that kicked off this entire franchise. Okay. Yeah, I think. But the best way to describe this version, this feels like a passion project. Yeah. The previous one felt like a cash grab. Exactly. Good enough. That's probably the best way to describe all. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, quickly run through some of the like the new members and the returns and whatnot. So obviously return wise, obviously Lois Lane's back as Amy Adams again from the previous two. Uh Martha Kent's back, Diane Lane from the previous two. Uh, Harry Lennox is back from the previous two, but this time obviously he's Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg uh, is back from BVS. Jamie Irons is also back from BVS. Uh, Carla Gigino did the voice of the ship in BVS. She's back as the ship voice in this one as well. And obviously from Wonder Woman, we have uh, her mom back. We have the one who trained her back. We have, as I say, fucking yeah. Ares back. Uh, so I mean- we got... Uh, Fucking Jared Leto's Joker back. I mean, yeah, that's probably the most controversial, like, bringing back of all. Yet, it was actually kind of good. Yeah. Like, it actually makes me feel like, if it had, if they'd have gone with this, like, Rather than that. style of him, he would have actually been an okay Joker. Actually pretty good. And makes me a little bit more hopeful for the Morbius stuff. So <laughs> he, can, he can actually act. <laughs> I didn't think he could. I just thought it was like some kind of like thing that Hollywood, everyone just like pretended he could and just made him believe it. But he actually can. It's the biggest shock of the entire film. That. <laughs> See, that's what I like with this. Obviously, fucking, obviously they've got the characters returning from Man of Steel specifically who haven't appeared in other ones. Yeah. Obviously, Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe, for example. You've got characters obviously from BBS who haven't appeared in any others. Let's say Jesse Eisenberg, Jamie Irons. And characters from Wonder Woman, and it's got all these characters from all the previous four movies coming together in a way. So I, I do like that. And obviously, there's new members to here. We obviously got J.K. Simmons taking over as Gordon <laughs> after picture the Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, um, Ray Porter brings us the voice of Dark Side. 
<laughs> ironically, is where Zach and pictures of Spider Man. We get pictures, of, we get a uh, goblin here as well. <laughs> we obviously have redacted. Um, <laughs> we have uh, oh, yeah, a We have uh, Ryan Z- uh, Zeng, obviously bringing uh, the second version of Atom to life without the Atom suit. Yeah, which was a great addition. Exactly. Uh, Kieran uh, Hins played uh, Steppenwolf again, but this time yeah. better. Uh, William Defoe asking for Harry back multiple times. Uh, Cameo is here. Uh, German uh, Genioli. Oh, very pronounced his last name. He plays Deathstroke. Obviously, we saw him in Justice League, but we get a little bit more of him here. Obviously, Biddy Crudup uh, brings us fucking Barry's dad to life, even though he's getting recast because he can't do the next one, sadly. But there's loads of people that fucking obviously new members here from some will get seen other movies some probably won't but it it's a nice obviously way of bringing characters that we have known for the past four movies as well as new characters into a, this world and it works very well no character feels like they don't deserve to be there mm. they feel definitely deserve to be part of this and we've been on these characters for way too long now um <laughs> so we move on to the story side of it so obviously the story here is it's Superman dead, Steppenwolf begins to search for the more boxes to allow Darkseid's army to conquer Earth. So Bruce and Diana must find the other heroes and form the Justice League. And obviously this, the story essentially is very much the same as the theatrical version in a sense. But there's a lot more intertwined within this that makes it so much better. The cyborg backstory, uh, more about the Flash, more of Aquaman. Basically more of their stories to spread out this time. And obviously more to Lois as well, which is really nice. Because Amy Adams is really good in this one. And it works a lot better in terms of how the story flows than it did in the theatrical version. Because yeah. it has a lot more room to breathe with the four-hour time slot. But even if it didn't, obviously, he probably would have took some stuff out. But I still feel like he would have done enough yeah. to give you this good story. So I'll give him that. It's a really fucking good story. Definitely. I mean... The only thing, like, if they wanted to shorten stuff down, they wouldn't have as much slow motion. That's probably the only thing. <laughs> I mean, the ten percent of the movie. Yeah, but still, I think as with the, the full length, it's just perfect, really. And the only thing that hinders it is the the realization that we probably won't, like I said, we won't, probably won't see this again. The only thing that puts a shadow on it, but other than that. It's great, great, great. <laughs> that's the that's the quickest way we got for the uh, the story segment. Um, yeah. So we uh, quickly go on to the next part, which is cinematography, which has got a, a bit more to talk about because, for cinematic oh. cinematography point of view, it's fucking beautifully shot. There's I a... didn't think they could polish a turd, but my god, they really <sighs> did. They dipped it in gold, put some diamonds on it. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> well, I don't think you want to kiss the turd still, but... It's covered in gold and diamonds. It's got, it's got a little signature from Zack Snyder. We'll kiss it <laughs> for him. But yeah, um, so if you think about it, obviously, from like, you've obviously got these really complex sort of cinematographic points of view, like the Flash scene when he saves Iris, to yeah. like, the most simplest of cinematography scenes, like... Um, when they're standing around that door when everyone's running away in the facility and they're standing there you can see the outlines of the characters that yeah. shot there was like really good and that's the, the basic fucking shot you can get and oh. the basic shots work as well as the more complex shots in this movie that shows yeah. how much of a good movie this is do you know what my favourite shot was? which one? do you know that scene 
when uh, Batman gets his grapple hook knocked over and the camera, it focuses on the on the hook and you see it in the background, him being up some things and go and grab it. Yeah. And he's blurred. That was beautiful. And that, that, I, I've, most of the shots, I want to stick in my mind. I don't know why. <laughs> but it shows that Warner Brothers, they don't know good when they see it because they basically cut all the good shit out and polish some dog shit on the floor and think, movie! Uh, chef kiss a bit of racism weeding into it. But no, no, no. With Snyder, it's actually good. <laughs> wow, who didn't know that Snyder's actually Midas and he can touch anything into gold? But he can. <laughs> Amazing. I, I'm trying to think of what, like, I think the shot I, I said I, I really liked, which I said to you, is the one with uh, Batman when he's standing on top of the uh, and this is when he's in that smoke, the smoke's all around, yeah. he just comes walking through. I really did like that shot. And the bit of the Joker later on when it's all like, bl- his face all blurred, it's all focused on the, like the card. Yeah. It's all focused on, I really fucking like that shot. The fact that he fully focused on the Joker on the card rather than the actual Joker talking because he was all blurred yeah. out. That was really, obviously you, sometimes you think, oh, it's blurred, why would I care about that? But, it works so fucking well. It works well because if you think about it, Joker is more of it's the the concept of the Joker that's more the focus of his character than the actual person, really. Exactly. It's the concept of this wild card that can do anything, which they're focusing on the camera and the person in the background is puppeting it. It's brilliant. Exactly. It shows how that that version of Joker is the Joker, whereas the shit version in Super Suicide Squad he is just a joke. <laughs> what are you going to say? The Super Suicide Squad? <laughs> yeah, the Super Suicide Squad. I think that's what it's called. If there's, not, if there's not a movie in the future sequel that's called Super Suicide Squad, I'd be very upset. I mean, let's be honest. In Super Suicide Squad, maybe they have at least one more character that's actually got superpowers instead of just having two. Who knows? <laughs> Truck boy and fucking fire boy, and that's it. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think we can sum up the cinematography by saying it's fucking incredible. I feel like, though, I do really like the cinematography within like some of the other ones that we've covered. Yeah. I feel like this is like the, the the point where it just overshadows all the others. It just takes it one up. Yeah, definitely. Whew. So I uh, move on then to uh, the score. And... I think this is another example of how he managed to uh, polish Turd because, like, he chose the right song, the right music to make certain scenes fucking amazing. I mean, the big example is probably the Wonder Woman scene. Then the first scene we see her, like the the fight she has in London, the music that they chose just makes that whole fight is even more intense and amazing. And also the new mix of the like Odyssey style music mixed into the the Wonder Woman theme they have was beautifully done. One word to describe the music orgasmic. So Mm -hmm. obviously in terms of score this time round because obviously, as you said, they've, they've, re- they've updated a lot of the, the scores we had in like the other previous movies. 
Not just obviously from the theatrical version because they completely fucking wiped that score and went, here you go, he's a fucking the original score that's much better than Um They've also obviously retroed a lot of like, the Man of Steel, Superman uh, themes, that's been changed and been update, updated, but it's still got that presence of the old score within there. Uh, the Batman scores from BBS, it still has the presence within yeah. this new score. Wonder Woman obviously has got a lot more to it. And obviously, Flash, uh, I was going to say Arrow, and some tears to Flash and Arrow being <laughs> teams. Uh, Flash, uh, Aquaman, and Cyborg obviously have their own new themes. And obviously, tunes that play when they're specifically doing something. And I don't, in my opinion, there's not really a, a, a theme within this movie that, like, in terms of score, that is dreadful. Yeah. I, I, every single theme. I've, I, I've listened to the entire soundtrack uh, at work and. It's a fucking, it's a good soundtrack. There's a lot of new beats. That's like, oh, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And obviously, yeah. specific songs in general um, would probably be the Song of a Siren, the one that plays of the Flash when he's rescuing yeah. Iris. That song fits that scene so well. And then the one I pointed out to you as well, which is the Aquaman one, where it's like, uh, there is a kingdom, there is a king. That yeah. is what it, I think every song within this movie just fits perfectly over the scenes. Nothing like overshadows the scene. And yeah. that's how you make a good score. I think you can probably tell my favorite one. Uh, the Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> the Odyssey Wonder Woman, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, as I told you, like, it made me want to play Odyssey again. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Every time we're in Femascara, Wonder Woman shows up, it's like, oh, I want to play it now. Let's <laughs> get my card nap fun. I say if I quickly jump back to actually cinematography, real just real quick, just in this moment, yeah. obviously we merged me scores here. Uh, but uh, the, the shots with obviously this Femascare in uh, Atlantis, that the not full on Atlantis, but the outskirt, they just the fucking it, obviously they well scored as well over the top, so it sticks in the score section here. It all looks beautiful and sounds beautiful at the same time. It's just like yeah. the most like the most smallest of things. It's just like the outskirts of Atlantis. It's just like the outskirts of Femascare. But it still looks and sounds fucking incredible. It feels like, I would say, it's like back in Wonder Woman. You feel like you're just right into um, Odyssey, like you're in Greece. It's ancient Greek, godlike place. It's brilliant. Exactly. And even like the whole like fight um, against uh, Dark Side Boy with the, all the gods and stuff, like that is just brilliant. Exactly. And obviously, they fucking even uh, did an updated version of the, the song that was in Shrek, Hallelujah. And then obviously, <laughs> end credits, which obviously it has a, a more meaning in this because it was just, yeah. it obviously it's a song that's linked to Snyder, so it has a lot more meaning. But it just shows how good of a score it is in general. I know, and fucking, if you, obviously, if you go and actually type it in, obviously, Zack Snyder's uh, score on YouTube, uh, you can get the basically, the, the, if you go in the playlist, it's like, I think it comes to about four hours long, but there's like the full vid, like full like when they release like a full uh, soundtrack is like one file. It's like from what I was reading, it's like over seven hours long. So there's fucking loads more to it. So I'm just like, what? It's a four hour movie, and yet there's a seven hour soundtrack. I mean, they're probably all like extended. Linked. Yeah, all extended ones because obviously, I think he he probably had like. All these ones like done, these certain massive like parts of the score done, and only use certain parts of them, but yeah. kept other bits for like maybe future 
entries and stuff. Exactly. Okay, now we'll move on then to the special effects. And there's only one special effect I'll say straight away, which it doesn't look like great. Yeah. Which is obviously the start when you see Lex Luthor uh, in yeah. the water again from the ending of BVS. It's more understandable yeah. than all of the shit special effects we see in the Theatrical. Uh, shit factual cut. Yeah. The factual cut. The factual cut. <laughs> so obviously it's, it's obviously cut. a green screen effect. Cause yeah. I, I feel like they probably should have... Uh, the smartest thing to do would have been uh, to film back then uh, that, that scene. Because it's obviously not a big scene. It would have made sense to film it back then, but obviously you might have not had it. Then again, it came out... Oh, who knows? But obviously... They didn't film maybe, it back then. Maybe at the time he was planning to film that. Again. They cut him off. Because all the scenes aren't all filmed in like scene one will film that first and that. It's all like certain yeah. patches. Certain parts of the film are done before certain other. So it's possible that that was planned to be filmed. And then they're like, yeah, we don't like you anymore. Bye. And cut him off. <laughs> There's a Toy Story. I don't want to play yeah. with you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, I think it was a bad shot, but more it's understandable yeah. at the time. During, whereas compared to the, the all of the mess that they made of the entirety of the Thatcher cut was rushed and done bad. And at least with all the other special effects were amazing. Exactly. Um, I don't see a flaw with any yeah. of the ones. It's just like, it's like, it's like having fucking Megan Fox having a little spot. It doesn't detract anything from Megan Fox. Are you just saying Unless... that because you're hinting at uh, what we're covering in like another month's time? Possibly. Maybe I'm being hired by Michael Bay to keep men- mentioning Megan Fox because that's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> Who never knows. <laughs> but yeah, it, like I mean, it doesn't detract from anything. It's just a little like understandable thing that happened. The little problem they had with doing the full scene, so they had to do it green screen. I mean, yeah, it's bad, but I not, mean, not as not as bad as mustache. Yeah, we've seen worse. We'll yeah. say that we've seen them do worse. Exactly, because I, I, obviously this, you think about obviously Cyborg has to be full CG, and yeah. I, there's no issues whatsoever with that CG on Cyborg. Uh, Flash running a lot of that is CG. Obviously the the lightning and everything. Dark, dark, dark Wolf. In fact, you're making a merge characters here, Dark yeah. Wolf. Uh, but Seven yeah, th- those characters. CGI. Very generic but looking. They made it really, uh, really, really good. Like the like. Peel, like, the weird like um, shimmering armor, mm. the way it changes color in each mm. different light, it was brilliant. Did get my shirt on screen? <laughs> it, was like, it was like an acid kind of like acid like etch to it. Did you know my like, shirt's acid um, wash? Because it's you, but it, it also it works with the armor. I mean, like the armor itself was acid etched, that like change like color when it different lighting. Yeah. So that would be really fucking hard to do. CGI-wise, so it's that little green screen mishap is understandable. 
And so, because pretty much like most villains within this movie, Darkseid, Steppenwolf, uh, Dessard, all these, yeah. and obviously even a lot of the Parademons, uh, they're obviously uh, uh, green uh, green screen. Fucking King Max green screen. CGI. And I don't see any flaws in any of them. I feel like every single part of this movie, apart from that one scene, is really good special effects. So I, I, I've, got no, I've got no faults with special effects whatsoever on this movie. Apart from, you know, that one moment, but it's understandable. Yeah. Like that, we, we have seen them do worse. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, well, then move on to the action of this movie. And obviously a lot of the action is, like, this, the, the fight-wise is the same yeah. as the theatrical version, but there's a lot more to them. So obviously we still have the Wonder Thank Woman versus you. the Terrorists. We still have the Amazons versus Steppenwolf. We still have dark, uh, the obviously the Earth Guardians fighting, but this time obviously it's Dark Side instead of Steppenwolf. Uh, obviously yeah. we still have the Atlanteans fighting Steppenwolf. We still have uh, the Tunnel uh, fight scene. We still have the Just League v Superman, and we still have the Just League versus obviously Steppenwolf and the Paradigms at the end. So a lot of it is the exact same, but it's there's done a, it. yeah. There's a lot of different yeah. stuff. Obviously, the biggest difference is obviously Dark Side instead of Steppenwolf within that. Oh yeah, fighting of the Earth's Guardians when Wonder Woman's talking, and but even stuff like um, the Wonder Woman fight against terrorists. Yeah, because that yeah. instead of like them getting arrested, it ends with her actually killing the bloke. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, the score over top of it is completely different. Yeah, and even obviously the Amazons versus Steppenwolf is a lot more extension within that fight. So like Steppenwolf was picking yeah. up a fucking horse and just throwing it like a fucking f- paper airplane. Felt. Oh really fucking badass in that film. Exactly, and obviously uh, the fucking tunnel rescue uh, the scene, there's a lot more to that obviously Flash and Cyborg getting everyone out. In the theatrical cut, it's just uh, Flash getting everyone out, like one by one, but because obviously in that version he's pretty much a coward, but this version he actually isn't. And it's obviously this version, it's him and Cyborg getting everyone out, because obviously he you get so many people out, and that fucking all the debris falls down. Cyborg has to save the day. There's a lot more added to these shots, and then even there's just like when the fighting Superman. There's that shot where Flash charges Superman. He just dodges, and behind him, Aquaman about to fucking land a strike, and he fucking just rugby tackles him to the fucking ground, and then they both point at each other like, and he's like, "I'm so so sorry." Yeah, it's like it might not seem like that like important, but it does add more to them. Exactly. But it shows, obviously, how strong Superman is and how powerful it is, but also it shows that they're not all just sitting on their ass waiting for their moment to, like, jump in. Exactly. Obviously, even if you look at the, obviously, the end fight when they're fighting Steppenwolf and uh, they're all fighting, there's a lot different in that scene entirely because, obviously, Though in that the other version, Batman goes in by himself and uses the fucking the stones to try and draw them all in after. In this version, he goes in. They go after him anyway for the fact that he's an intruder, and the Justice League after all get involved and he's there blasting his way through, getting knocked side by side. And it's that money shot of more like flying next to the fucking uh the uh, Batmobile, and he's all like, "Why, yes." And uh, obviously you get to see like the fucking more of the Parademons on the fucking like guns firing down at him, and obviously Batman's there fucking firing the way through, and there's a lot more. Like with Flash having to do this whole time travel stuff to save the day. Right. And even the shot of fucking just the portal opening, the Boom 2 portal, and Darkseid just standing there with his arms behind his back. It's like, yes, I'm going to invade this uh, planet. Oh, hello there. 
how's it going? I'm going to kill you all. Yeah, it's basically like if like Thanos just at, uh, opened up a little portal and was like, oh, so you guys are the ones that are seeing my stone. Oh shit, portal closed. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the portal uh, that one scene in fucking SpongeBob, uh, the car team, and the uh, fucking King Net team's like, oh, you can win this. And he opens like a portal and it's just a guy in the chair and he's like, oh, 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 oh. Come <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oops, not that one. This one. <laughs> Expecting like Rick and Morty to walk out the like wrong universe, Morty. Yeah, yeah. It's like an overall film with action. Obviously, it's spread out, which works really well. It's not like all clumped yeah. in one place. It's all spread out. I feel, the, I do the, feel, I, yeah. There's a lot of action within BVS that I like, and there's a lot of action within Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, and Suicide Squad that I do enjoy at times. I do feel like this is probably my favorite uh, DC movie in terms of the the team fighting action stuff yeah. it it's just really well shot it's really well cgi it's really well scored it's really well fought you name it it's really it does it really well and obviously fucking the step more fight this time around instead of him getting just carried away with the fucking parademons fucking one one literally beheads him thanks to fucking <laughs> aquaman like trident spearing him yeah and, and the head obviously goes into the portal Exactly, and Darkseid just crushes it under his foot. It's good. And obviously, he's just... Fuck you. Exactly, and literally, Darkseid is like, oh, fuck it then, we're doing this the old ways, get my armada ready, and he's like, yes. And I think he's like, it sets up that little, like, scene that, um, Cyborg saw what might happen. Yeah. Basically, Darkseid making Superman his next second one. Exactly, and obviously... Him watching over the funeral of Wonder Woman, him killing Aquaman. Yeah. So yeah, I I think there's no wrong move for action. It's a very good movie to watch if you want to see some action. Because it, it definitely ups the brutality at times. Uh, I think it's probably like I think it's like toe to toe with um, the uh, fat for Iron Man and Cap fighting against Thanos kind of scene. Yeah. One where like obviously you get Cap Cap with a hammer is. Probably just as like impactful and fucking out kind of feel to it. Exactly, hundred percent agree there. Hundred percent agree. So, uh, Hayden, uh, do you know what time it is now? Um, it is right now at four forty-three. Why? <laughs> oh, f- thanks. My, my my clock was wrong. It was wrong this morning, actually. It literally said <laughs> it was now. I don't know why my computer didn't change it, but it was wrong this morning. But no. It's time for Hayden's editing segment. I was error, oh, but it's never really an error. It's yeah. just like a, a minute or two with you. Uh, because for this, for one, all the time you've added this unnecessary thing, <laughs> actually got content for it. <laughs> actually stuff that's edited. Can you tell? <laughs> obviously, the big fucking thing is the, re- the ratio. The aspect ratio is obviously a lot fucking different. <laughs> But as we mentioned before, it's designed. I think it's stylized, but it, it, it detracts from the original. And when you put it on, you know, this is the better version. You instantly can tell it's going to be great. And also, like if you saw a little snapshot of it, and you wasn't quite sure what like there's no like indicator what film you're watching. Just that the ratio itself, but I know that that's the uh, Snyder's Justice League. 
it makes it become a bit more like iconic, and maybe in the future we'll see more films like this. Especially when we could we've been watching One Division. Obviously, that in it has a whole like changing aspect ratio, and it's it's that nice little detail that we really enjoyed, and it adds to that as well. And then obviously the other big thing they've done is obviously the entire film technically is an edit. <laughs> it's a big example of how an edit can change a film entirely. The right music can make a scene go from, oh, it's okay, to fucking amazing. Extending scenes, which may seem like unnecessary, but add a lot more. I mean, like, is that one edit issue that, about um, the original version? It's just him getting, Batman going into his car with um, Barry and driving off and he just cut you see him going into the car and I'm rich and that's it whereas in this version he drives past that um, billboard with the suicide like helpline like advertisement and that like, nice little detail because it's a big important thing for Snyder who happens to like he's in his private life and that is like the thoughtfulness in it as well and it's adds more to the film, makes everything seem more personal and like a, like a passion project. It's something really like interested in doing and has a lot of love and care for it instead of just how can we make as much money as Marvel? And it's brilliant. There's obviously a lot of other cuts which just Amazing. A lot of the biggest, obviously, edit as well is slow motion. Because, <laughs> as you said, there's a fucking lot of slow motion. 10% of the movie yeah, is slow motion. But it works. Like, the intro specifically, we don't really like need to see it in the fast pace we saw in the original film because we saw it in Batman vs Superman. We don't need to see it. But we can do it in a stylized way to remind people of, no, this is what happened. But instead of it looking awful, like in the shit cut of <laughs> no mustache, no mustache guy, um, it's really fucking good. It's stylized, it's beautiful, and it sets up the whole theme of Superman is fucking strong, and they fear him. It's yeah, beautiful. There's some great editing to it, and probably the longest I talk about everything. I, say, that's, I think that's the longest stuff. <laughs> There's basically a, a lot that do that is brilliant, and the tone. Certain cuts can just change the tone completely. To what was cutting away the shitty like <laughs> funny she jumped on she fell on him booby haha funny joke. Ruins tones and then got the perfect editing it to the cuts just right so that it seemed like a proper DC film. So, yes, Snyder is very great at what everything he does except Sucker Punch, but we don't really talk about that film. <laughs> and yeah, never let racist Whedon do anything ever again. The final thought. Okay, yeah. we'll move on to the pacing, but I was, I was, actually, I think we'll skip pacing for the fact we spent a lot of time already talking about the pacing for, that, for four hours. It doesn't feel like it's four hours. It 
works yeah. well. It's uh, paced fucking great. So I think we'll skip past pacing <laughs> then to a uh, production design and just like the others, it's really solid production design. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of more like, locations than this. Obviously, you got the Batcave location. You have got Bruce's house. You've got uh, obviously Superman's memorial. You've got uh, uh, outskirts of Atlantis. You've got Femascara. You've got Flash's uh, Rick and Morty basement, warehouse place. You've got the fucking the village that you see with uh, Aquaman. You've got Cyborg's house. Uh, there's lots of places that they have to get right and look right. And again, I can't, I can't fault production design. I feel like everything's, nah. everything's great from us. Like the locations to the suits. Yeah, everything. Everything, everything in it. The, the Probably the best decision as well is going from the basic normal Superman's outfit to the black one. Yeah. Because that's the first identify that this isn't the Superman that you know. Exactly. Brilliant. Even Star Lab was amazing. Yeah, Star Lab was fucking beautiful. It felt more better than it did in the, the original version. But as well, I remember how I hated the end fight because the the, the look at the where they was the it's look r- of the, the really red. Yeah, it was just awful. It just felt like generic. And you're doing bright light because bright light. Whereas this one, it's much much more different. It was a lot more darker, and it felt more DC. Exactly. Probably the best thing to say about it. It felt more DC. Exactly. Uh, okay, uh, we'll move on into the script, and it's a very solid script. Because obviously, there's a lot of more arcs in this. For obviously, there's cyborg story arc. There's everyone's got their own arc. Everyone's got their own like select dialogue between each other. Yeah, exactly. It's all of Steppenwolf's dialogue in this, especially when he's talking to like the side and dark side, is fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, dark side is generic. Dark side's uh, two lines are very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and Aquaman's interaction with each other feels good. Uh, Cyborg yeah. and his dad interacting with each other feels really good, and sounds really good. Um, but uh, Batman and Alfred, and Alfred, with pretty much anyone, uh, sounds very yeah. well done. Uh, Superman and Lois, obviously, we had issues with them in BVS, but this time round, their dialogue mm-hmm. seems very, really, really good. Even Lois talk, just talking to Martha. That felt really good. Yeah. And massive quotation marks. <laughs> and then obviously Marshall Manhunter talking with Bruce at the end. That felt really yeah. good dialogue. Especially when he's just like, oh yeah, they call me Martian Manhunter. And it's like, oh. Like, that doesn't sound ominous at all. Exactly. <laughs> and even, even Joker, when he's talking to fucking uh, Batman in the Nightmare yeah. sequence, that was really good fucking back and forth between them. And fucking Batman and swears. Like, yeah. This is talking about fucking the joke that we've seen in Suicide Squad, which was dog shit. The um, writing was bad, but in this one, it shows you the right writing. Exactly. Even the worst actors can act. Exactly, because the fact that obviously he spends the entire time he's talking to him, mocking him for Robin's death. Ah, oh, lost, he's lost a mother, father, an adopted son. He's like properly yeah. mocking him, and he's got Batman's just like, oh, yeah. Harley died in my arms, and I'm, when yeah. we finish with this, I'm gonna fucking kill you. It, and it's like, whoa. That was just, <laughs> whoa. That just shows how dark he is. And you can tell, this is Batman after it. He's basically, he's on his last thread now. Exactly. He's lost everything. He's done. You fucking joke, and he'll kill you. This is basically him who's lost hope. This is Batman that's lost hope. Can we see, in, in this film, 
he starts to have some hope and some exactly. faith in Superman and we can get him back. And he's in his all, all the, the Bacon Justice League for Superman. And then, Everything I've seen the version. Obviously, he's him facing the consequences of his decisions and all that hope he had has just turned sour. And exactly. It's... He's that desperate. He has to work with his, mo- his arch enemy. Well, his arch enemies technically because he's working with Deathstroke as well. Yeah, but of the Joker's the main one. Exactly. The one who killed fucking Robin. <laughs> exactly. Because obviously his dialogue here, obviously he's lost hope. It's brought him back to BVS Batman. It's brought him back to this dark side again, which yeah. is really fucking good. Branding and stuff. Branding exactly. I, I literally can't fault the script. I, mm. I, everyone, I don't see. There's no cheesy lines like there was in the fucking last one. Uh, no. It's all serious tone. Even the few wisecracks I do make, it it feels worth worthy. It doesn't feel bad. So I can't fault the script. I think everyone does a good job with what they've, yeah. they've got. I mean, even um, Jesse Eisberg did great in the script because he didn't talk at all. He didn't talk. He at least says like a couple of lines at the end. I thought it wasn't him. It was him. Was it? Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 think, I think I remember hearing him talk. I think I remembered. All I remembered was, obviously, he was just some random guy laughing. Uh, the, bit after, the, the bit just uh, after he, that? When he's on the boat? I probably didn't remember that bit. The bit when he literally goes to Deathstroke. Oh, I'll t- actually, I'll say it in a minute, because that's part of the ending. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Now I remember. Yeah. I forgot that bit. I, I won't talk about that there, because it's the ending, not this bit. Yeah, I forgot that he. I forgot about that bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, <laughs> it, can't, it can't all be all perfect, can it? <laughs> yeah. Well, then we move on to the actual ending. Then, so obviously the ending is the epilogue because obviously it's all done in chapters. So the epilogue is the league going basically a separate ways, a bit like they did in the theatrical version, or doing the separate things. But this version, yeah. Cyborg rebuilds his uh, Sony uh, cassette player. They <laughs> can listen to. Uh, how uh, Sony's going to make some money off this movie. And um, no, it's uh, obviously he listens to his dad talking about how he's proud of him and stuff like that. Because obviously, and, the film, he dies. Yeah, and obviously he's, he's played over for everyone doing their own things. Obviously, Flash running, uh, Batman standing on his fucking tank. That's from Dark Knight Returns with the mutants all tied up below him, which, mm. oh, that tank looks fucking amazing. Um, obviously, you see man doing the whole shirt pulley aside, which he did in the theatrical version, but this time it's the black suit underneath. Um, Ackerman is obviously meeting Mira and uh, you know Harry choking the bitch out <laughs> and obviously he's like oh, I'm going to see my dad so it's setting up obviously Ackerman and mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's basically gone back to the Arrow again and basically they're all going back they're all going separate ways they're all doing this stuff yada yada then we get a uh, as soon as the dialogue ends, we get the cut to fucking Deathstroke meeting uh, Lex Luthor, where Luthor basically tells him that Bruce Wayne's Batman. Because yeah. Deathstroke's like, oh, I'm, I'm basically going to kill Batman for free because it's, you know, an eye for an eye, as Lex Luthor says. And he's like, oh, okay, then so if you'll want this information then, so uh, Batman's Bruce Wayne. Okay, I'll have a drink now because we've got something to celebrate. So that's, that's a fucking big twist to compare to the fucking last one because obviously the last one was just, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be good to have, a, a, you know, a, a legion of our own, basically... Hinting at the Legion of Doom, where he's just like, "Oh no, fuck the Legion of Doom." Here's Batman's real name, mm-hmm. and then it cuts into the fucking nightmare timeline where we obviously get to meet Joker, obviously the new Mirror, because the fact that Aquaman's dead, and she wants 
Darkseid dead for all this. Uh, obviously, we see the Flash in his, uh, the arm we got to see in the BVS movie. We've got Cyborg yeah. got a fucking massive minigun on his fucking shoulder because he's got these little arms in the back holding them up. I love those little arms. <laughs> and um, obviously, Deathstroke's now sporting a fucking mohawk, which looks fucking really good. Obviously, Joker's got really long hair now and he's teasing Batman. And obviously, it looks a lot. That Joker looks a lot like the um, the Batman Joker. Yeah, he looks really good. More crazy, like long, like it just came from the asylum, kind of like that. Exactly. And obviously, yeah, the whole after the argument and whatnot it ends with obviously Superman appearing and lays beam on, and he wakes up again because nightmare, haha. <laughs> and then obviously Bruce meets Martian Manhunter. And literally, that's obviously then after that discussion, it ends. Obviously, the lines for autumn, which obviously was Snyder's daughter. But I mean, as the epilogue overall, obviously you got the first part of the epilogue. As I said the League of Separates, which is a nice little ending for the the present day timeline. And obviously, you have the full on ending with the Bruce Wayne reveal. So that's a nice full nice little ending there. And obviously, then you got the nightmare segment, which though I really enjoyed the nightmare segment in the last one, the action side of it. I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the character development within this nightmare timeline, showing it, obviously because this bit's I'm assuming before that timeline, because you know Batman gets his chest crushed in that timeline, so I'm assuming this is before that, or could be after it. We could survive. Who knows? We'll hopefully find out. Who? Hopefully. Um, but I really did like the nightmare. I love it for the dialogue, the interaction between all these characters in this destroyed timeline, and obviously then. The Bruce and Marshman to meeting and talking, setting up basically Marshman yeah. to joining basically the Justice League. For the fact that early on when they were going to separate, obviously they did the whole table scene. They're like, oh, six chairs, but room for more, which was obviously again in the theatrical version, but it works a lot better here. So mm. it, I think as overall the epilogue as the ending is a fucking yeah. outstanding way to end this movie. I mean, even in the um, nightmare scene, they talk more about the fact that Robin's like. They basically confirm that. Yeah, Robin was killed by Joker. Apparently, they might go. Apparently, the in the sequel, they're gonna sh- maybe have this scene of him actually doing it from mm. Joker's perspective. Apparently, because uh, they, they did say like she's going to avoid doing his job. Exactly. And it makes you think like Bruce thought Robin could deal with it, then got you know Dick. Exactly. Or Todd, we never know. We never know. It could uh, be both. <laughs> I, I, actually, I don't know. I don't think he's ever one hundred percent said. Like, obviously, there's like three. Obviously, I don't think I, I've got a feeling it's it's good. It I've got a feeling it's oh good, but hmm. it won't be Damien. Obviously, he's an adopted brother, not adopted son, not your actual fucking son. I don't think he ever really adopted Jason Todd though. No, so it probably would be Dick it's Grayson. Perfect. Oh, it's just one. It probably is Dick Grayson there. So, it's yeah. Because Nightwing. Yeah, Nightwing. Oh well. But yeah, I I think it's an outstanding way to end this movie. I I don't know how. It's a lot, obviously, because it adds a lot more to. Because obviously, just like the theatrical version, it ends with the whole Superman pulling aside before, it, then it cuts into this more additional stuff, which is a better way to end the movie than just. Though, though obviously that. Is a cool way of ending with the whole iconic Superman opening his shirt. I do like it ending with Bruce just like saying, okay, bye to Marshall Mountain. Obviously, the scene in Fly Away, that panning shot over yeah. the lay. I really like that way of ending it instead. Maybe the best way to end it would have been if they had um, 
Darkseid is pa- his face painted red. He's sat on a chair and he goes turn around and smart the camera. Turn that riff off. Maybe if he takes his helmet off, he's got a bald chin. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> a solid ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll move on to our favourite moment of the movie. Oh. And there's a few I could have chosen here. I was fucking, I was debating. Uh, obviously, the flash scene when he says Iris. I really love that scene. Uh, if, uh, there's a few scenes with Cyborg looking in his mind and all that. That's really cool. But the one I actually went with was the Superman suits when they're coming out and Superman's walking through that hallway and his dad's talking. Not just his one dad, but both his dads are talking to him. Obviously, Kevin yeah. Costner and Russell Crowe's voice is played over their dialogue they did in the uh, Man of Steel. And that's played over him walking around before he chooses the black suit and they did the second flight. So, obviously... He did the first flight in Man of Steel. This is now his second flight. I fucking love that scene, especially when it ends. And he's, obviously, the dads are saying, his dads are saying that, that one final word, like, we love you, essentially. And he just flies up. And he, then he looks at the sun, and the sun just beams onto him. That fucking shot, that whole sequence was fucking amazing. And that's definitely my favourite moment of the movie. I think I've got two favourite moments. I think with the new theme, obviously, the Wonder Woman, like, terrorist fight. That's up there, but I think my favourite has got to be when they obviously they cut um, Steppenwolf's head off. So the whole reverse time of the Flash, and then adding with that into it. Yeah, definitely. They're like my favourite scenes: time travel, bit of a uh, uh, cool Wonder Woman theme, and then decapitation. And say so it sums, sums this movie up that there's a lot of we can there's loads of moments we could choose from it. It's a struggle yeah. for us to choose a specific one that we really enjoyed. I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll give Snyder that. I mean, like, it, like, like I said, the whole like when we first introduction to like Barry was just brilliant as well. Like him rambling, talking at like mock speed, and then everything slowing down when he sees Iris. So I was like, is that Iris? And you're like, yep. Thought so. Because <laughs> you can just tell that that's obviously setting up a love interest. <laughs> yep. But I like in the end that obviously she sees him run away, like fast. Obviously, setting up this whole obsession she's supposed to have with the Flash, isn't she? Exactly. She she got this like wanting to know who this person is, and is inspired by him. And that sets up obviously them banging. Exactly. Anyway, I think it's the pivotal moment of this uh, podcast, and that is the ratings for this movie. So I'm going to kick it off. And uh, for me, this movie is a straight-up masterpiece. It, from start to finish, I enjoyed every moment. I constantly smiled watching it. I was, I was lying back watching it. I was just like, I'm getting this. My head's banging every time the fucking music kicks in. Every, every moment of this movie, I really enjoyed. So with that... I'm going to give Zack Snyder's Justice League a solid 10 out of 10. I really fucking enjoyed it. I, yeah, I agree. Like, I think for now, I'm going to say 9 out of 10, purely because the only thing that overshadows, like, the only thing that is like a little, sort of like little shadow of won't get this again. And it, for me, it sort of it hurts it a bit. But I think if we find out that they're going to use him again for more of the DC stuff, I think it would change to 10 out of 10. 
but for now, as a placeholder, I'm putting it nine out of ten. But that could change. It could change before the awards then. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that uh, gives Zack Snyder's Justice League ATS Cave overall rating of 9.5. Uh, so, Chat Cave MVP award time, and again, we fucking forgot to do it. Uh, <laughs> is it going to be Cyborg? Yeah. Because fucking. He, he, was, so much better. he did so much better. The, the entire story so, arc. And to think, also, to give it to him, him as well, because he basically it got ruined the pre. The, the the theatrical version, the Thatcher version, they fucked him over, and I think he deserved this exactly like, time to actually show how good of an actor he is, but also how good the character is. Well, exactly because he's a great actor, and the character, mm-hmm. the cyborg character in general, for the past eight many years, yeah, it's been like a really solid character, and it's great to finally get this live action adaptation that. Shows a full on, really good looking, really good acted cyborg. So mm. it, it's it's just a great character. Well, you get the picture. He's great. So Ray Fisher yeah. cyborg gets our MVP award this week and runner what? up, William Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I, mean, I think I personally think runner up, Alfred. Alfred, I, I did I did really like his seat. I, I it was I, it was I, a toss with maybe the him or the Flash. Well, I feel like I I, I want to give it to Jeremy Irons as well hmm. because this every scene he's in just lightens everything up, and he's just it just shows how good Jeremy Irons is for the fact the whole the tea that could have been so cringy, but he did so fucking well. And then when Bruce is like, "Oh, I work for Alfred," and everyone's just walking past like meeting him, and he's just like really shocked. He's like, "What the fuck's this walking past me?" And then fucking Jason Momoa walks past like, "Badass, Alfred." <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I'm agree- I'm gonna agree with you there. Fucking Jamie Isaacs, Alfred gets our run this week. He deserves also, it so well. That side to him, of him talking to Bruce, but like maybe doing this is gonna have consequences. Yeah, it's like don't uh, you know wave the don't if you can't beat the charging ball, don't wave the red flag at him. Yeah, it's obviously the red Brilliant. flag being Superman. So yeah, hands it's down. Him, he's, he's the one who's always like giving guidance. He's not telling him, "Don't fucking do it." You're saying like, "I'd advise you not to," but you're going to do it anyway. You're a stubborn pig. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, now we'll move on then to the question of the day, and I think I feel like you've already pretty much answered this, but you get a bit more time to explain your reasonings and whatnot. So, would you like to see them continue the Snyderverse and do the following two Justice Leagues? And the other planned movies, like the Batman and Cyborg movie, and even maybe the Atom movie that Snyder was pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to see this universe... Obviously, you can see this other universe carry on, but would you like to see them continue this Snyderverse going forward? Yeah, yeah I would. Obviously, as I've been saying this entire time. One, because it'll make us a 10 out of 10. And two, because obviously, he's actually shown that he knows what he's doing. Like, I was a bit... Risk- like I was a bit put off by Batman vs Superman and then just as League just like, grind it into the dirt but this one was definitely sparked up like Wonder Woman at first it went maybe go actually the DC films are bad pretty good and then I think like again it got kicked back down by Justice League but this has definitely re-sparked that love DC and actually it's an ex- like I keep saying it's They've actually shown they definitely could go 
toe-to-toe -to -toe with Marvel, which, like, how, how they were originally going with the shit cut, the, the factor cut, they wouldn't even be able to touch Dark World, and that's saying something. So, yeah. Agreed. I would love to see him do it, because even, like, even if he's not just, like, the director, but he's just, like, involved in, the in some way. In the background involving, it's like, like, okay, it's like, yeah, definitely keep, remember to keep that tone a bit more different. Make sure you have this little bit of scene in here. It doesn't matter. If you can't put it in, fine, make sure at least a little hinting towards this later on. And I know we're gonna, I know you want, like, don't want to use the time travel, but putting it here for reasons. Like, he has some good aspects. I mean, like, that scene, like, when of the but Flash is like trying to get to the mother box, and obviously he runs so fast, he reverses time slightly. I love how that foreshadows him doing it again, but properly. And so he, he knows to put little things in little scenes that make other scenes more impactful. So I think he, they definitely need to keep him on. 100% agree there. See, that's the thing, thing obviously, growing up. I was more of a DC person growing up. Yeah, I was always more See, obviously, I grew up with obviously the old Batman movies. Though obviously, the, we don't talk about Batman and Robin, but I grew up with a lot of those. And obviously, the sixties Batman. And obviously, I grew up then with the Justice League cartoon, the Batman. Uh, that Justice League game I had on my PSP, which is like it was a really good game, and you had to like collect all the fucking characters, which is really fucking good. Um. And obviously, it's just like a franchise I grew up more with than Marvel. And obviously, when Iron Man came, that's obviously drew me more into the Marvel side of it because obviously, really good movies. Yeah. But obviously, that's the thing. When I first saw the shitty Justice League, the Thatcher cut, as you like to call it, obviously, I'd been waiting for fucking years for Justice League to be made to a movie. Like, I was mm. following like the early ones when it was, uh, I think it was Justice League Mortal or something like that. The uh, George. Uh, Miller one that they're going to do like years ago, which obviously the stuff's been released, like the images that was going to be in it and whatnot. I was following when they were doing that, and I was really excited for that. And I really wanted to see it and whatnot, and obviously it never happened. So when I finally saw that, though obviously there was a lot of issues with it. I think my mind just overshadowed all the issues and was like, I finally got a Justice League movie. I'm so happy now. Yeah. I didn't give a shit how bad it was, really. But obviously over time, then my mind's like, okay, I see why I liked it then, but the reality is it sucked. It has it yeah. major flaws and whatnot, and then this coming out proves that it has those flaws, and it proves that giving it time, they could have made a movie back then like this. So I think that was yeah. my reasoning then. But yeah, I was more of a DC guy back back in the day. I, I, I grew up on like the animated Spider-Man stuff and like the X-Men, and the only DC I had was the Batman, and that was it, literally. So the only character I was exposed to was Batman, and then obviously they started doing like the Justice League like show came out. That started getting me a little bit into DC, but I was only really like a fan of the Flash and Batman. That was it really. I had a bit, but Martian Manhunter was okay, but I, I wasn't. I didn't like Superman. I didn't like Wonder Woman. They were all bland, and I was like, I don't know. Marvel seemed to be better. And but this film has made give me a love for Wonder Woman. It's definitely like made her one of my face. It's like how 
the the Marvel films, like Tika Waititi, make made four is made for now. Basically, my second favorite character. He's, that these films definitely have a way of sparking up a love for a certain character, which like, in other other versions were just a bit bland. But no one, no one's going to go like, oh, my favorite character was Vision from the event like. Earth Mighty Heroes, that robotic character that wasn't exactly that much. But now, after watching WandaVision, everyone's gonna, people will actually like those characters, don't they? So having some live action, I think, adds more, like, this, this realistic feel to it, makes things more, more amazing, and will definitely spark some love between the character, because it feels like you're watching real people. Instead of like cartoon, which can still have some great impactful moments, like the dark DC animated stuff. But I think having some live action is definitely more impactful. So, yeah. Totally agree with you there. There we go. <laughs> you, you, can, you can get more out of in live action, you get more emotion portrayed by characters. So. Yeah, yeah I, I fucking totally agree with everything you just said. Yeah, I feel like uh, we've covered as much as we could. I feel like yeah. we've got our thoughts out. We both love it. Obviously, if they fucking announce between now and fucking December that they're going to do more of these, even though the but the CEO said no, but this person above her who's basically said, like Snyder, so it could be politics mm. and fucking business. Uh, but yes. So you could fucking you could go up that rating hit. So we'll see. So just take Hayden's uh, nine out of ten rating as a uh, placeholder for now. It may all change. It might change. Okay, so uh, that's it for Chat Co podcast this week. Uh, join me and Hayden next week as we bring back James. Yeah. Then kill him off. <laughs> yeah, then kill him off. For inst- Actually, no. But is he staying the week after? I think he's here the week after as well. Ah. Uh, I think he's here the week not- after that as well. I think he's here the week pop- after that as well. <laughs> I'm not going to put like a, a black mask on him and throw a grenade in his face, right? We're going to do that at the end, end of April. We'll do that then. No, April. We'll plan that then for the end yeah. of April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, was... Next week we're drowning him. Yeah, because next week we're covering yeah, yeah. Aquaman. A yeah. film that me and James very much enjoy. And I don't think you've seen it yet. I haven't. Wa- I've got it. I've got the DVD. And I still haven't watched it. So you'll be, watching, you'll be watching it for the first time. So you're getting uh, first impressions next week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, like like this film was really exactly. And then technically, watch the shit version, but yes, yeah, we get that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and I've been your host, drinking Thomas shoes. Yes, and I like DC now. <laughs> and this uh, chat go podcast, and uh, you know, I think we can both agree here, Hayden. Um, hashtag mm-hmm. restore the Snyderverse, you big dumb idiots. Also, hashtag free drone death. <laughs> don't know what we're freeing him but yeah Johnny Depp wins <laughs> he was the best Mara of this film <laughs> it's Mira but that's a perfect way to end change your name to Mara okay we're changing it's close to Martha <laughs> oh my so. god yes yes <laughs> <sighs> goodbye <laughs>